0: Welcome to today's podcast. Today I've got with me, Tony Vaughan from Vexus. Now Vexus are brokers and they'll help you when you're at that stage when you need to actually exit your business and sell your business. I met Tony, oh look at six, 12 months ago now, and we've we've had a couple of conversations since. But the thing that really caught my attention recently was one of uh, Tony's posts on LinkedIn where he talked about zombie buyers. I won't steal his thunder, I'll let him introduce himself and introduce the term that he's coined. Tony, welcome to Exit Insights Podcast.
1: Hi, thank you, Daryl. Thank you for the introduction.
0: Hey, my pleasure, Tony. Look, why don't we start and uh, get you to introduce yourself and Vexus, and then we'll jump onto that LinkedIn post and, and explore the different ways of exiting your business and some of the tips and tricks you've got. Um, and how you can help buyers uh, exit on their terms and uh, make the most of their life's work.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Tony Vaughan. I'm the Founder and Managing Director of Vexus Corporate based out of London. Um, I've been helping business owners exit and sell their business for just over 10 years now. Um, I'm not your typical broker. So I'm not an accountant by trade. I'm not a solicitor. I've never worked in a bank. In fact, I built my own business of 250 people. I exited some 15 years ago, and uh, that's how I got into, into helping people prepare and execute their exit.
0: So 10 years in, in the game, uh, you must have a, a, a fair few experience and, and stories to tell about um, the good, the bad, the indifferent. Um, the good,
1: the bad, the ugly. And I, uh, one day I might write a book on it.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't use that title. I think it may have already been used. Yes, but uh, you must have some more stories of what what good looks like, um, how buyers can prepare and 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 have a good process. Um, you know, I've I've heard some people talk about stories where you know they they get to the end of their their journey where they're ready to go, you know move on to, to the next phase of their life, and because it's something that they don't do all the time, it's 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 something new this exit process for them. Um, yeah. And if they're not prepared, it can end up feeling like a messy divorce. And, uh, and I think you and I have sort of had conversations around that. And, you know, we're, we're both um, similar in the fact that we want to work with business owners to help them avoid that. Um, you've been through the journey. You've, you've, you've helped a lot of people. Let's talk about um, what does work well before we um, launch into some, some other areas.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, first off, to recognise that every business is unique. And, um, you know, every business to get to where it is, um, is a result of many years of blood, sweat and tears and investment. Um, and you need to look at each, each business in its own right, but, um, no different to any other major project. And and let's be honest, selling a business is a major project. You need to plan, you need to plan ahead and prepare. And if you, if you, if you adopt a knee jerk reaction, one day, wake up and say, I've had enough. I want to sell my business, and, and you don't allow enough time, um, you're going to have a nasty shock. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all about what I call strategic patience, recognising that we're all getting older, that there will be a point on the horizon where you will want to exit your business, and rather than just ignoring it, um, recognise the fact and put your house in order and get ready for the day.
0: Yeah, you won't well, have any surprises yeah. then. No, no one sells their house or people don't sell their house and just you know, react and go, one day I'm going to sell my house and put it on the market next week. If they do, they're, they're, they're not making the most of their opportunity. Similar for selling a business, and it's a lot more complex than selling a business. It takes a fair bit longer to get it ready. Um, if you just knee-jerk and and put it on the market, you're basically going to have an asset sale and uh, fire sale prices uh and you're not making the most of of what you've been working for for your whole career really
1: yeah i mean if i you know in my 10 years of selling businesses you know i ask everyone you know what's more important to you um how quickly you sell the business or how much return you make you know how much do you get for your business and you probably won't be surprised to hear that 99 of people want to get the best deal yeah so you know how do you do that you prepare You, you 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 work out a plan you work with professionals or not it it depends what you want to do but you work out how you're going to get from a to b and make sure that you secure the best deal possible
0: yeah Yeah. and planning is always the way so over the 10 years you you must have seen some changes to the industry and and i guess that's what led up to this uh linkedin post the now infamous linkedin post about zombie buyers Lead, lead us into that. What what was the background, and and what have you noticed?
1: Well, it was it was it was driven by actually a, a need to communicate with my team about you know how we describe different types of buyer, and you know we have you won't be surprised in, in our CRM system we have different definitions. So we have a trade buyer, you know we have an investor, we have a private equity buyer, but I've seen uh, certainly this year a growing number of of a particular type of buyer. And this particular buyer um, is looking for a host. They're looking for an established business to take over, but their driving factor is that they want to do a no risk or no money deal. So um, the the, the zombie buyer tends to be, and I'm I'm using it quite as a generic term, but common theme They don't currently have a business. They want to buy a business, but they want to structure the deal that the seller takes all the risk. So great business if it's real and you can get it. The reality is it can be very, very um, distracting for a business owner because the zombie buyer doesn't upfront tell you that they have no money or they want you to take all the risk. They disguise themselves as a genuine trade buyer and then after you, you know, um, re- after they've reviewed the information, you've given them all the contents about your business. When it comes to offer stage, then you're, you know, you're generally disappointed that it's not what you expected. So that is. Um, it's time consuming, it's disruptive, and, it, you know, you don't want You don't want the world knowing that you're thinking of selling. You should only ever talk to people who are seriously qualified as a potential buyer so i I, I was yeah, I was looking for a term actually to enter onto my CRM system, so it very very quickly explained to my team what type of buyer this person is, and I came up with a with a with the term zombie buyer, which I, I hope it doesn't offend people. I just think it's appropriate
0: well and and I'm seeing a lot of um, I guess social media posts out there at the moment where 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 people are looking to buy businesses for a pound. And it it seems, I don't know, from my perspective, a little unrealistic or naive to to think, hey, look, this person's built their business, an entrepreneur, they've built their business up over 10, 20, 30 years, whatever it is. They've taken all the risk, uh, the entrepreneurial risk, they've grown the business, they've built something of value. Now for someone to come in and uh, if I'm understanding, want to take no risk, you know, it it leads you to wonder how well they'll run the business and and what'll happen to the business after they've purchased it. Do do these people tend to have experience in in running businesses? Yeah, you know, is there anything? I think they, I think they come
1: business? in all. I think they come in all in all shapes and sizes. So you know, <clears throat> business is business, and you know, I, I think it's fair to assume that every buyer wants to get what get their target for the for the best possible deal. And every seller equally wants to get the best possible deal for them. But, and there tends to be general parameters of acceptance and normality when, when, when you're doing transactions. Um, I, I, I think the zombie buyer is working outside those, those norms. Um, I think they're perhaps fueled by a few examples of, of, of transactions that have happened. Um, for example, five years ago, British Home Stores, a company that turned over £675 million and had over 160 stores, was sold for £1. And it was sold to, a, and these, these are the words on the internet, not mine, a serial bankrupt called Dominic Chapel. Um, so the headlines are £650 million business sold for £1. If you only look at the headlines, what a fantastic story. You know, but we all know the reality is months later they went spectacularly bust. And, um, you know, I think people want to believe the headlines and then not actually look at the, the content and the reality below it. You know, in this world, you get what you pay for. What my problem and my issue is the time and effort and distraction that these zombie buyers will will take from a business owner, you know, when they're trying to grow their business, they're trying to prepare, they're trying to get their house in order so that they can sell it successfully to a genuine buyer. And the zombie buyers just, you know, take them off the, the, the beaten track.
0: So one of these zombie buyers comes along and they, yeah, I don't know, what what is it their mantra? They, they don't want to take any risk or is it they just don't have any assets behind them to, to back the deal?
1: Um, generally both. So I, I think the utopia for the zombie buyer is that they, you know, they get it for no money down and the buyer takes all of the downside risk if things, if things go wrong. Um, you know, there, there, there is a place and there are scenarios where a highly structured deal may be right for the business owner. Okay. But I think they should only take place if, the business owner has exhausted all other options. So maybe the business has been on the market for a few years. Um, maybe they've got a health issue or there's some other pressing reason why they need to exit sooner rather than later. And in that case, find yourself an industry expert, someone who knows your sector, who has a business, who can bring synergy to the two businesses um, and, and drive it forward. And then maybe you consider that deal. But but someone who doesn't know your sector is um, is is suggesting that they're going to change it by changing back office you know making back office efficiencies isn't going to drive the business forward and i think should be avoided at all costs i also think it's slightly disrespectful that someone who's never worked in a sector before thinks that they can run it better than the business owner who's been doing it for 20 years you know it's not it's not it's not real it's not real
0: yeah we've all seen yeah, right. all the stories of the theoretical best way to run a business yeah. and to grow a business is from the perspective of not having operational skills because then you're not trapped to the the factory floor, so to speak, yeah. whether that be accounting lawyer or or even hairdresser. yeah you know? and um, dentist is is another one. you know if I'm not a dentist then then i'm I'm not going to get trapped into being a dentist, which means I have to focus on building the business and look yeah. at the assets and how to run a business, which is one perspective. But, um, but you could go,
1: if you flip it completely the other way, so then you have no industry knowledge and you're very good on the back office. Yeah, I, I think you're back to square one. I think, you, you know, you need both skills to make it successful.
0: We need both skills in the business going forward. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. uh, moving forward. Okay. So, so what do these deals look like that these people want to do? What do they want to put in place? For example, have you got any examples you can share? um i i think generally i mean the the truth is that i will
1: qualify them out at an early stage um so you know when i'm talking to any prospective buyer i'm i'm looking for i'm looking for the pot of gold i'm looking for the synergy between buyer and seller that's going to motivate this deal to take place because you know selling a business and buying a business is tough it takes a long time and it involves generally a lot of money so um you you want both buyer and seller in the boat, in the boat together. So as soon as I see signs that um, there's no money available, I might, I might check them out in company's house. Um, very common, very, you know. Very often they're a startup company, um, share capital of a hundred pounds or five hundred pounds. You know, that that doesn't completely discount them because maybe they got funding behind them. But firstly, I see no history. Then I talk to them and I say, "Well, what do you know about this space?" And they go, "Well, nothing. I'm looking at all types of business." And once I hear that word, agnostic or you know, sector agnostic, I sort of tend to think, "Hang on a minute, what value can you bring to this business? You know, why are you going to be able to run it better than my client?" Um, then they start talking uh, and, and only wanting to see accounts. They want to see the accounts and the cash flow projections and the profit. And they're not asking questions like, "How can I grow this business? How how can I turn it from a one million pound business into a two million pound business?" For a time? And you know, uh, from the question, I realise that they want to actually be able to lever the assets, put no money of their or very little of their own money down. And and I know that for my clients, that's not the relationship they're looking for. You know, we're we're looking for a good fit, someone that's going to take that business on to the, to the next level and be successful. Now, of course, the zombie buyers believe and want to make that business successful. I just question whether they've got the skill set and industry knowledge to be able to do it. And if they're not putting any flesh in the game, if it is low money down, low risk for them and all the risk for the buyer, where's the real driving force to make it successful? There is, you know, a, a bit of motivation by commitment doesn't, doesn't hurt in business. If they've got nothing to lose, you know, um, you know it's, it's, it's all risky for, for, the, for the seller.
0: So, so what about the seller's perspective? Are they tempted for, with these deals or uh, what, what's happening in the market there? I think, um, I think if
1: the zombie buyers were open and honest up front and they said, hey, you know, I don't know your space, um, I've got no money and I want you to take all the risk, do you want to talk? And I think most people would say no, thank you. You know, not for me. Um, But that's not what they do. They pretend that they're a serious buyer. They build websites and they call themselves private equity. They call themselves investor, and uh, they're trying to portray an image of something that they're not. Okay. And I think that lulls people into a false sense of security. And um, you know, and 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 I believe the majority of these deals don't happen anyway. Because I say, most business owners, they're not fools. They, 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 see the, they see the deal for what it is. But occasionally, they might find someone at a low ebb. Maybe the business is distressed. Maybe there's personal or health things going on. And maybe they get their success by just working the numbers and getting the odd vulnerable person who, if they had otherwise prepared early, wouldn't be in a situation where they need to get they need to consider that. Mm. So it comes back so the the fuel for the zombie buyer is really um the um the apathy, the lack of understanding, maybe the laziness if I may say so of the business owner who ignores the fact that they're going to have to sell at some stage and doesn't prepare and doesn't you know get
0: ready for that. So could this be attractive to business owners at all like what sort of businesses you know, could this work for so just I guess turning it on its head and going is there a time where this could work
1: I don't think there's any scenario where the zombie buyer is the right buyer um so you know this this is this is assuming that they don't know the sector that the scenario where a highly structured deal may work for them as I say is if they Let's say you, you take a business; it has prepared. It's given itself a few years um, to get ready, um, but they just haven't found the right buyer, put in the right deal on the table, and then the seller's circumstances means that they need to they need to exit for whatever reason fairly quickly. Then, if the buyer has the appropriate industry experience and they're a trade buyer. You know, I think it's important for them to be to have a true business behind them. So if they're in the same sector and, you know, the seller's got a million pound turnover business and the and the, you know, the buyer. Has a five million pound business, but they're not putting any money down, then there's there's something perhaps worth worth looking at. But someone um, off the streets with no industry knowledge, um, perhaps no business experience, you know, that they're qualified because they've been on a course and nothing else no it's never going to work
0: all righty so you've got a business owner who's got a billion pound business uh, revenue wise they've had their business on the market for a while um you know let's start to put it out there 12 months plus and they're not getting a lot of traction what what are some of the options available to them that you you can see
1: patience
0: patience this um
1: this market you know um is dynamic, it changes. Every week there are new buyers coming into the market, there's there's people leaving the marketplace. Um, if you've not sold um, a business after 12 months, you're at no greater or, or, or worse advantage than when you started because it's a dynamic moving, moving place. So I, I think you would need to review your marketing strategy, what are you doing? Um, if you've not sold it because you had offers that haven't, met your expectations maybe there's a a sanity check on where the target price is going to be but i I can tell you now daryl in my 10 years of selling businesses i've never marketed a business and had no responses however weird and wonderful they are there are they are there's lots of people who are interested the world is full of entrepreneurs and there's 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 a home for every single business if you look hard enough and you give yourself enough time yeah if you can okay. say if you okay. wake up tomorrow and say i need to sell my business by christmas then you're going to have a horrible shock okay if you wake up tomorrow and say i'd like to plan my exit i'd like to get my house in order and you know i'm thinking of exiting in 2021 22 23 then you're in control you have lots of options and the chances are you'll get a positive result
0: yeah. So having that long-term mm-hmm. view, it gives you runway to plan, but also importantly, you've got to keep your eye on the ball. Um, you know, preparing and going through an exit process does take a lot of time and effort, but yeah. uh, you've still got to keep the business running and you can't be distracted by these things. Um, I've just heard too many stories of business owners, you know, just having one buyer nibbling um, yeah, and going down the route with just that one buyer and just getting distracted, taking their yeah. eyes off the ball and, um, then if something happens, you know, the deal falls through, you know, they're they're at a disadvantage as well because they haven't maintained focus and the business has gone backward somewhat. Yeah.
1: And you can never, ever. you know, it makes me shudder actually that people still consider selling their business and having a one horse race with one buyer. You know, um, you need to test the market. You need to meet multiple buyers just to find out really what your business is worth, you know, um all us brokers and professionals we're happy to give an indication of a, of, of a business you know business value or potential target price but um, that's just our opinion at a moment in time you know the real test is going to market engaging with more than one you know um, strategic buyer and seeing what offers come on the table and you' you'll be surprised at the range on how how they can differ and you need to do that process actually to to, to under to understand what your business is worth and what your options are
0: yeah you know
1: strategic tension you know competitive tension is what what makes it work for a seller the one horse race will never ever work it only works for the buyer not the
0: seller yeah Well, well that's a really good point because um it doesn't matter what you're selling value is always in the eye of the the buyer not the seller and The buyer determines value, so one buyer. So that would explain the the range of values you get or, or valuations you get for a business. But um, what we've got to do is go. How do we how do we present this business? How do we get prepare the business in a way so that it becomes more attractive to a wider range of buyers who will be interested in going? Actually, that that could complement my portfolio or add to my business. And
1: and and and. I think it comes back to how much time, you know, how big the run up is for their exit. So, again, if you want to maximise your exit value, often the buyer will want, want the vendor to stick around for a while, you know, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe longer. So um, you've got the marketing time, you've got the handover time, you know, and um, some exits might take three or four years actually from pressing the button to actually, when, when the vendor's free to, to, to get, you know, go and sit on the beach somewhere. So um, I think many people don't realize that it could take that long. It doesn't always take that long, but I think you should prepare for the worst case scenario um, rather than just leave yourself, you know, a disadvantage by not having enough time.
0: Yeah.
1: Basically there's, there are people in the marketplace who prepare And they do it right. And generally, their exit is good. They get, you know, they get a sensible number. They're comfortable with the deal. And then there's people that don't prepare. And and unfortunately, it's those people that don't prepare that are fodder, if you like, for the zombie buyers. And they're the people that will probably be disappointed um, at their final deal value. And it's really down to them not preparing or doing the job properly from the start.
0: Yeah, I heard it described it once as, you know, those who don't prepare or start to plan for their exit are more likely to go through the experience and it end up feeling like a messy divorce, which yeah. I thought was perhaps a good way to describe it. So from from what you've seen, Tony, is there, you know, do all businesses sell? And those that, assuming that they they don't all sell, what what is it about those businesses that don't sell? Is there, there any trends that we can share with the listeners? Um,
1: I I, I am an optimist. And I think given enough time and the the right pricing, the business, they will all sell. Um, So there are clearly some business models that are more attractive than others. So you won't be surprised to hear that um, a business in today's environment that has some form of recurring income, contracted revenue, some visibility on future incomes are very attractive and will, um, generally sell quicker than a business that is perhaps more project-based and you're as good as the, your last deal. Um, but as I said the world is full of, of entrepreneurs and optimists, and you know, um, whatever the business is, it is a ready-made platform for a, another person or another business to come and get involved and take it to the to, to the next level. Yeah. Um, so, so why will something not sell? Maybe if the vendor's expectations aren't. You know, aren't lined up maybe if they don't put the appropriate effort and resources into finding that buyer i mean you're 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 here many business owners say that my business is my pension Um, yeah that is the case in many scenarios but equally um lots of buyers just think someone will phone them up one day and make them the offer they can't refuse and again where it does happen very very occasionally it can't be your plan You have to take control of your destiny and plan your exit.
0: Yeah, look, I've seen a lot of that over the years where where business owners have, you know, waited and and they've responded when someone's come and approached them um, with a deal. And what typically happens is when they're approached, well, they describe their business and they go, we've got this and we've got this and we've got this in place. And then the buyer says, well, if that's all true, then I'll offer you this amount of money. The business owner gets seduced by that nice big number and says, you you beauty, uh, happy days, I've going to sell my business for X sign aheads of terms there's only one player in the market which you've already highlighted the risks of that earlier um, and but I refer to this as well you're not on you're not you're know, selling your business or exiting on your terms you're responding to the buyer so it's their terms they're dictating the terms to you. now they start doing a bit of due diligence and they're, they're looking under the hood if you like of the, of the car yeah. looking under the bonnet and they go ah, well, you described it to me like this, and now I've had a closer look. It looks, it's a bit more like this. And um, well, where's this information? And what about that? And how does that work? Oh, it's all in your head. Ah, well, if that's the case, well, that nice big offer I gave you is now now down to this. And they're really on the back foot. And, and, and too many times I've seen this happen over the years where they're on the back foot now, and they've only got one player in the market. They've backed themselves. They've gone down They're so far, you know, down. It's just not pretty. And they haven't done any financial planning outside of the business because they, as you say, my business is my pension. And all of a sudden, their pension's not worth as much as they were hoping for. Yep. And, and it, you know, hope is not a strategy. Hope is right. not a plan. And 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 that's kind of why I guess you and I are, are in business to to yep. work with business owners to go, look, guys, hope is not going get, to get you what you want.
1: No, and you know they've effectively shot themselves in the foot through not doing the process correctly. You know, and there's no secret. You know, if you if you want to have a successful exit, you need you need half a dozen people around the table at the beginning who are genuinely interested in your business because it brings some strategic value to, to to their operation. If you achieve that, and that takes hard work to get there, guess what? You're going to have options. You're going to have choice, and most importantly, you know. You'll have a scenario where the buyer is convincing you to sell to them, not the reverse of where you're trying to convince them to buy your business. And that subtle change makes a very big difference when it comes to the final result.
0: Absolutely. That's putting you on the front foot rather than the back foot. You're now in the driver's seat. So, okay, so we're moving forward now. I've up until now avoid avoided the C word with all of my podcasts, and, uh, but we are in 2020 and, and COVID is, is been a big pain in the butt for a lot of us. Um, what's your experience with COVID in the market? Are businesses still selling for you from what you're seeing? Is it affecting prices? What, what's happening there?
1: Well, this year will be our, our best year in terms of uh, number of business sales and in terms of the income we generate um that's not because we're selling more businesses because the prices are being reduced so there's more volume in fact the the, the prices are holding out for covid friendly businesses okay there are unfortunately some great businesses that have just been on the wrong side of how things work and you know for example you know restaurant or event businesses some of those poor business owners have been decimated by what's happened um but there are businesses that have continued. There are businesses that actually have done well out of COVID because they've had to reinvent themselves and reengineer how they how they do things. I've got one consultancy business um, that used to send, um, which the, the deal's going through. It's due to complete sort of back end of November. Um, it's a multi million pound business sale, and they send specialists out on site. And for a few years they wanted to to try doing their consultancy meetings on Zoom. But the truth is they just weren't brave enough to, to, to take it to the marketplace. Uh, COVID has forced them to do that. It's been really, really successful. And guess what? As a result, they've reduced costs. They can do more. They can generate more revenue per consultant. There's no travel costs. So it's had a really, really positive impact on their business. So I, I think going forwards... Um, you know, I think that we have to recognize there's probably going to be a recession. Uh, businesses that have shareholders, that um, you know, have investors who demand mm-hmm. growth, regardless of what happens. There's going to be a really big appetite going forwards for businesses that have proven their business is resilient to COVID. And I think that, that um, there's certainly no downward pressure on price for those businesses. If anything, there's going to be more um interest in those companies so they might get themselves an extra special deal over the next few years
0: yeah look and and that confirms everything else i'm hearing so you know people in the in the industry are all saying look there's no real impact unless you're in a specific you know type of industry Uh, but a lot of business owners out there are concerned when i talk to business owners they go ah let me just get through this first and i go well what happens, even though you know, in at Succession Plus, we don't sell businesses, we just, you know, get yeah. them exit ready, we go, what a buyer is looking for is likelihood of you, of the business achieving the forecast or ongoing yeah. revenue. So if you've got a business model that demonstrates, you know, the likelihood that, that it's met its targets in the past, it's got consistency revenue or you know, even better consist, consistency of growth. Yeah then there's no reason why, you know, that a, a strategic buyer or a, um, informed buyer just looks at it and says, well, yeah, yeah, sales have dipped for a few months this year. We know why that is. That's through no fault yeah. of your own. It's just one page of the book. We're, we're the, funda-
1: the fundamentals and- are unchanged, essentially. It, you know, that, that that few month dip hit everyone, including the buyers. So no one is exempt yeah. from it. But it, it's also about having your feet firmly on the ground. So, yeah. People I'm talking to now, I'm talking about exiting this time next year or 2022. So um, I, I think COVID has probably added six months to a typical sales cycle. Yep, It, it hasn't removed the need for it and it hasn't removed anything. It's just, it's just elongated what is already a fairly long process. But if you start early, if you are working on a two, three or four year plan to exit, we're talking many years ahead yeah and and by not doing anything all you do is you you start to fall into the trap of the assertive buyers that don't want to give you the right deal
0: yeah so two three four that's that's some serious planning um for business owners over that period of time they can implement some some other strategies that would really make them more attractive as well if they start planning uh, a, a couple of years ahead yeah. There's a good chance that they can make their business even more attractive to a buyer, um, and depending on their risk profile, they can even build it. You know, over three or four years, they can increase the size of the business uh, enough so that it puts it in into the, the next category of business uh, as a step up as well, and and uh, you know, often out of the the trade sale area, if you like, or, or selling to a competitor to selling to someone who's looking to add a new product or, or territory uh to their portfolio
1: yeah and um as i say in that three or two three or four you know there might be a year of handover support as well so i'm talking about a full exit rather than doing the deal but you know probably for another time and maybe a different different um subject you know now is a good time to do a structured deal where you you know you you actually effectively merge into a bigger company and then you 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 benefit for some of that growth over a year or two years. Be your second part of the exit so you you leave it off a bigger business to get that bit of growth that you wouldn't otherwise get without the appropriate funding or support so for yeah. people who are saying well i'm you know i'm, I'm only 55 or 60 I you know i've got another five years left in me you know maybe that final stage could be actually joining forces with a bigger business because it de-risks it for the buyer and the more you can de-risk a, a deal for a buyer the more they're prepared to pay yeah, so it could be yeah. a win-win situation, but that's what yeah. yeah.
0: buyers are, are evaluating yeah. the risk, and and their risk assessment is is what uh, influences their valuation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Tony, look, we've we've talked a lot. We've got we've covered zombie buyers. We've covered a bit of the COVID market. Like, based on your experience, been in the industry ten years, and 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 been a player before that as as a, as an entrepreneur. What what tips would you like to share with people listening? What's you know from your experience there at Vexus, what what's the the most important thing that you you really like uh, listeners to take away from this conversation today?
1: Well, I, you know, I think business is tough, and you know, and we all have good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks, etc. You know, COVID would have been um, devastating for some businesses; it would have helped others. You need to, you just need to, you know, focus on, you know, um, drive your business forwards. And you know, without repeating what we've already covered, recognize that you're going to want to exit your business one day. Yeah, if you've got children that are ready to take over, perfect. But unfortunately, in this country, most of the children want the money, not the business. So, you know, if 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 a, if a sale is on the horizon, just give yourself the biggest run-up because the end result will be better.
0: Plan for it. Plan for it. Plan for it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, don't, well, don't
1: believe what people tell you in terms of, you know, the buyers about what it's worth and when they tut and hum and heart. Do your research, get your comparables. You know, talk to a business advisor or do it on your own. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is you do your research and you put the appropriate effort yeah. into, into exiting the business that you've created. You don't want to give it away for nothing.
0: Yeah. And most businesses or business owners, they're only going to do this once. And it represents their lifetime's work and, and we really want to set them up so with a bit of planning, they really can get the most from their life's work and leave on their terms and in their time frame from the yeah. sounds of things.
1: No second chances. You say you do it, you do it once and you don't want any regrets afterwards as well. It's a long time to be regretting the deal you've done, so do it properly. Excellent.
0: Well, Tony, thanks for your time today. Why don't you just leave our listeners with, if they want to learn more about you and Vexus, how do they find you?
1: Um, go to the internet. Um, my name's Tony Vaughan. Uh, you can find me at www.vexus, that's www.vexus.co.uk
0: Brilliant. Thanks for your time today and uh, appreciate you uh, talking us through zombie buyers and how to avoid them.
1: You're welcome, Daryl. Thank you very much. Thank you.